Hello and welcome to Crow Medicine. It is me, your host, Katie Indy Crow. And today I am excited to talk to you about the planetary configurations that we are going to be experiencing between the beginning of June and the end of August 2023. The powerful message of this season is that we are reworking connections to the planets and thus inviting their more high harmonic influence into our lives. The last few seasons we have moved through the toning phase and we've been talking about it here. We are now stepping into intentional embodiment of a more pure and clear connection to the energy that makes up our solar system and this universe. This is the type of experience that has the potential to fundamentally change how we experience ourselves and our cosmic connection for the rest of our lives. What does that actually mean? These are a lot of big words. All humans are connected to the constellations and planets that astrology tells us about. We each have Mars, Venus, Earth, Saturn, Pluto, Mercury, and Neptune as part of our energetic makeup. While we may not hold each of them in us specifically, we do hold a connection to them and that they are part of the makeup of the everyday playing field that becomes our lives. Astrology is the map of the tones and themes of energy that we are experiencing in this universe. As you know, each of the planets, constellations, and cosmic bodies that we are bringing into conversation in these reports holds a piece of the human story. And if they don't necessarily hold a piece of it, they hold the capacity to help ping that part in the energy spectrum for us to deal with it. You hear me use the term higher harmonic and harder harmonic often, and I want to reiterate what they mean here, and also to welcome all the new listeners to this podcast to give you a little insight into some of the dialogue that I use and that you're going to hear today. So when I use the term higher harmonic I, or harder harmonic, I am referring to healing the planets and the constellations. The astrology that I deliver here is not necessarily the exact same astrology that you are going to find elsewhere in that my angle, my take, my telling is all about the journey that we are on as we are healing the wounds or raising the vibration or stepping into new phases of consciousness with the human collective, with the energy collective, but also the collective of the energy in our universe and our solar system. And that is honestly what I work on in ceremony each day. And so when I'm talking to you, giving these reports, doing the dates, they may not always be the same as what you as an astrologer pick out. That doesn't mean you're wrong or that I am wrong. This is just a different way to listen to it. So um, I recommend that you listen to this report and complement to some of the other reports that people hold. So when I'm talking about this, what I'm saying is the human story has brought with it good, bad, and everything in between. Certain planets like Mars or Saturn came to hold on to heavy or difficult to understand energy. A harder harmonic of Mars or Saturn energy would represent you coming into contact with wounded or less desirable aspects of the planet or sign and what was being toned when that planet or sign came up. So some people, for example, really get up in arms when the planet Saturn is coming around. Other people really don't like Mercury retrograde. And this is in part not because the planets themselves are bad or the planets themselves are punishing us. It has a lot to do with the energy that gets attached to those planets. And I will talk a little bit more about that in a second. As we move into the age of Aquarius, one of the things that we are doing is that we are meant to begin healing the energy spectrum of the history of the human collective and, you know, by embodying and living out these more pure frequencies. So 
in our lives, in our choices, in our experiences, in our healing journeys, as opposed to being pinged when a planet comes up, for example, Saturn or Venus, and turning into the harder harmonic or unhealed aspects of the stories they carry, or being pinged to carry or to perhaps exhibit mean characteristics. So harder harmonic Venus characteristics would be that you are experiencing a lot of the negativities of being a caretaker. Harder harmonic of Saturn would be that you're getting your butt absolutely handed to you and you can't figure out from which direction. As you work on healing these, what you're doing is you are healing your ability to experience them when they come up. We have to physically unplug from the harder lessons in order to experience the good ones. And so, for example, if every time Mercury retrograde comes along, you're telling yourself Mercury retrograde, oh man, I'm going to have problems with communication. I'm going to mess things up. I shouldn't do this, that, or the other thing. What you're doing is you're tuning yourself into that experience. And yes, in one layer of a life, Mercury retrograde is not a fun thing, especially if you're still connected to that older, harder Mercury energy. However, as we've been talking about here in this podcast, and maybe you've noticed from other teachers or what you've said yourself, we are healing this solar system. We are healing our connection to the planets. And so a couple summers ago, we worked on Mercury quite a bit. One of the things that we did was make positive connections to that frequency. And so now as Mercury has been coming up or going retrograde, perhaps you have personally noticed that it, it can be a nice experience. If you allow planetary energy to adjust and to raise its vibration as it expresses itself in your life, you are able to move into a more harmonious and pleasant journey as we move through these seasons. Because goodness gracious, when you're meeting the hard parts of every single planet, it does feel really hard and it does feel like never ending punishment. Let's be real. You have been through a lot and that's okay. One of the things that you're going to notice as we go through this and the next two to three seasons is that we are coming back to themes that we have been working on and discussing here at this podcast and on my website page, but we will be seeing them a little differently. And this is how it is meant to be. As we move through the cycles of healing the planets and ourselves, each time we meet them, they do speak a little differently to us than the previous visit. They bring us more insights and gifts. We are able to see the lessons where they come and maneuver positive life experiences through them if we are approaching them with that attitude. It can feel like it gets harder and harder as things go on because the planets are some of the great teachers of our soul and it is the ultimate goal of life on Earth for us to be able to live as whole beings in full autonomous control of ourselves and in connection to the universe. And so this is just part of it. In this case, some of the things that we have been working on, like getting our Mars connection ready all last year during the series of lunar occultations of Mars and Uranus that I talked about every single month are about to pay off big time. Part of the reason I highlighted the connections all year, especially last July and August where they were terrible and felt awful, is that I wanted to encourage listeners to get themselves prepared. I know that those planets and sometimes these planets don't always feel nice, especially when they are coming up in configurations that have tough lessons. And that was certainly the case the last few years. However, if you did take the lessons, if you did form the positive connections, if you did take making positive steps in your life, you are probably already experiencing the benefits and you are about to have a sparkler of a season. If this is something you are new to, I'm glad that you made it here. This is a perfect window of seasons to step into positive cosmic connections 
thus improving how energy impacts your life. So for the rest of this podcast, I am going to first deliver main themes that we are going to experience throughout the entire phase of the season. A lot of the time, month-to-month astrology reports don't tell as good of a story as when we are thinking about how the planets and how the months phase together. We, as a planet and cosmically in our universe and solar system, move forward by the cycles of the season, specifically here on Earth. And so when we think about this in terms of the pockets of lessons, we can have a better idea and scope of how we might be seeing them in the long term. And alignment isn't just one day. This is kind of like the theme, the idea, the realm, if you will, that we're stepping into to explore for the next little while. So I will discuss the big themes, and there's a lot of them. (laughs) And then after that, I will do a little bit of what to see and when the alignments are going to come up month to month. I have taken the time to do a long written report, which you can check out at crowmedicine.com. I will also link it here. And for people who really like it when I do the extended dates with every conjunction, you can do that by getting it as an extra, which also steps up and supports this Crow Medicine page or says thanks for creating this podcast. You can find links for that too. Up next, let's get into these themes of life that we're going to be experiencing the next three months. All right, I am about to deliver to you a lot of information, so much that you may like to come back to this report at multiple points as we move throughout the season. What is going to stand out and make sense to you at first may not be what becomes important to you at the midpoint or later on. Accept the lessons in layers if you feel so inclined. Now, before I get into delivering those lessons, I did want to say I am inviting people to get on board with a new energy modality of alignment training that I am offering. It is called Earthflow. When you work with Earthflow, the first layer is connecting to and receiving attunements to the crystalline heart, crystalline energy spectrum of the universe and heart of the universe. These two frequencies are helpful in repairing and aligning energy. I'm not going to make this astrology report about that. I just wanted to say a word about it. If you're interested in more information on Earthflow, I put together a presentation and a nice article about it, which you can see linked to this post. It's called Earthflow. Now, on to the good stuff. Themes of experience. So these are notes for June through August 2023. And as I'm talking, you're going to hear me jump around from one thing that's happening in June that we're going to feel again in July, or maybe it's going to pick up in August. This is truly how astrology works, and this is truly how the planets work. They are in communication with each other, and that communication comes to us in waves. So, as you know in these astrology reports, what I've been telling you about all along is that we're working on toning the universe and healing our planetary energy spectrum. You may recall me being very excited that we were moving into a new phase of development back in April. Well, this is kind of where that new phase picks up. And so in the introduction, I mentioned it's important to celebrate and reap rewards, but it's also important to plant seeds. This is kind of why. This season, I did want to say up front, we are dealing with several of the energy strands that people intentionally turned away from. Please don't turn off this podcast at me saying this. You might want to. There are certain topics like dealing with Mars or engaging what gets called masculine and feminine energy that just really turns people off. 
And I know this because you can track where people's engagement is with different topics and times and themes. And over and over and over again over the last few years, it is consistently anything to do with Mars and a lot of things that have to do with the pain of Venus that people turn away from. This is kind of going to be a moment where we can't really do that because Mars and Venus are going to be two of the main planets that we're dealing with for the next year and a half because of the node switch. More on that soon. Now, why are people shutting off? This is an important question to ask. And if you shut off, don't blame yourself. Go into it. You're probably doing it for a reason. Is it because there's pain there? Is it because we are afraid of what stands behind our common patterns? Or is it that we realize that in these connections, we probably have some wounds and unhealed things that we might not want to deal with because it might mean going hard, going somewhere that's difficult, or taking on responsibility, which is not always that fun. I think in some cases it can be a little bit of all of it. Um, but here's the thing. As it comes to the planetary stuff, as it comes to dealing with these energy strands, when they come up in our lives or when they come up for healing in the solar system or the planet, is that it's usually never as bad as we think it is, and running away from it and avoiding it is totally worse. I'm sure you out there have had some experiences where you're like, avoiding doing something and you will do anything but that thing and then eventually you come to the point where even though you dragged your heels as long as possible you had to do it when you did it you thought wow i wish i had done this earlier this just made my life so much easier or that wasn't in any way near as bad as i thought it would be it's kind of like that i think that this is going to be exactly how people feel when they find and make their fresh connections to the planets over the next few years Stated honestly, it is way more difficult to carry around the weight of old Saturn than it is to just heal it, and then it is to just reconfigure your relationship to Saturn. I worked through this in a session with a client just the other week. She was amazed at how different she felt afterward and wrote me to say that she felt like a prison had been taken off of her back. We all have the ability to make that form of transformation, and you can do it just by setting intentions or paying attention when the opportunities to make new paths, to, to live new energy, to be that higher harmonic come up. If you do that over and over again, that is how you create a reality shift. Another thing, very, very exciting that is coming up, and this is really the first main point, main theme. The order of creation energy is incoming. What is the order of creation energy? This is a big one that is going to be a universal highlight now and for the next while. The order of creation is the true vibrational structure that our solar system and beyond are meant to be operating at. As the universe got hurt and our planet went into its lower vibration, the order of creation became distorted and turned to benefit certain people at the cost of other. And you might hear people talking about the law of one. That's one of those distorted orders that came up. That's not really how things are supposed to work. As the order of creation energy unfolds, that means that things will start working as they are meant to. People are not going to be able to so easily take energy, steal energy, manipulate energy, and use it against other people. Um, this means that things are going to work, like I said, as they are meant to. Good people are going to have good experiences and be attracted to good people with more frequency. Those people who are willful manipulators and liars will more easily be seen, and they will also run into people who are more like themselves. The predatory system that we've been experiencing in the last little while where it seemed that bad people or unethical actors were able to get the leg up over those who were acting in alignment with fair or just cause of action is falling apart. 
this is part of the healing of our energy system and our energy spectrum. The system where we get to share our love and skills with people who appreciate them is growing more each day. We will see that more and more playing out in our lives as we allow it. Recognizing it and showing gratitude for it are two really good ways to go about seeing more of it. Um, so just on a personal note, this is one of the main ceremonies that my husband and I work on, this order of creation energy. And so we're traveling around America right now doing that on some of the sacred sites and some of the mountains and trees and rivers that are calling us. You can follow me on Instagram at Crow Medicine Katie or at Katie Indigro if you want to see pictures of it. Sometimes I share them. One of the next big ticket items, and I'm, I'm putting them together because there are deep connections. We are having a solstice and a node switch. So first up is the solstice. Solstice is June 21st. And so that is one of our planetary alignment points that we always celebrate. This is one of those lesson points, moment points where we take stock of ourselves and what is going on. I'll talk more about the specific alignment of that solstice in the next segment where I do the little read through of the planets. And so the solstice, though, I will say has a highlight of series. And shortly after that, on July 18th, we have a node switch from Taurus Scorpio to Aries Scorpio. So Taurus Scorpio was the ruling planets are Venus and Pluto. So we've seen a lot of Pluto action this last year. Now we're going to Mars. Or did I say Aries Scorpio? It's Aries Libra. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I just read the same thing twice. It's Taurus Scorpio to Aries Libra. Anyway, Aries is Mars and Libra is Venus. And so this, my friends, is where the Venus Mars experience that we are going to be having is going to start coming up. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Mars and Venus are going to be prevalent for the next year and a half of our lives because of this node switch that is happening. Um, if you recall, the last node switch was the day that we had the second largest volcano that we've recorded, the biggest one since Krakatoa, that sent a toning ring around the planet that did a lot to help heal it and shore things up. Well, we have another one of those coming up. So we have node switches every year and a half. And so this one is going to be bringing the lessons of cosmic complementarity into play. And so that's one of the things that I meant when I said redefining our relationship to the cosmos and each other. Um, and this is through the lens of Venusian and Marsian strands and how they play out in our everyday experience. So let's talk about that for a minute. Sometimes referred to as feminine and masculine, these two planets are in the north and south node position as of mid-July. So Aries, Mars, is going to be the north node, and Libra, Venus, is going to be the south. So it's kind of cool that we get Venus for two nodes in a row. So this could be very interesting. It really depends on how you relate to energy. There's going to be variations of experience that we get, and where we're at really, in large part, depends, well, our personal life circumstances, but also how we relate to them. We are told that planets Mars and Venus are opposite, and in some bands of the spectrum, they certainly do butt heads. As we've heard, men are from Mars and women are from Venus. In the heart of harmonics of our planetary journey, when Mars and Venus would come together, it would be a sure sign that we were about to butt heads with our partner or people of the opposite sex. A shining of the example of this behavior is a friend that I used to have. Every time Mars would come up, or also sometimes Venus days, he would start a fight. He would start a fight with his fiance. He would start a fight with me. He would start a fight with any female around him. And the truth was, at the time, what was really happening is 
the energy was the planets were bringing up opportunities for us to have healed experiences. When these planets are in play, like I told you at an earlier segment, what happens is they tone circumstances, situations, and how we experience and relate to those circumstances or situations has a lot to do with what trajectory our path is going to take. And so in those circumstances, it's just as easy to have the thing come up. And what you do is you do the higher harmonic version, perhaps instead of yelling, you pleasantly discuss. And by pleasantly discussing as opposed to yelling, what you're doing is creating that healed pathway out. What this friend would do is just yell over and over and over again and would act in ways that were what you would call a stereotypical male aggression or how males would act supposedly, even when he was not necessarily like that on a regular basis. And this was in large part because he had a very wounded connection to himself and in his inner masculinity as well as the planet Mars. And he is a great example of a person who would have done very well with the Mars upgrade. So the truth is about the Mars-Venus thing. While women are often more connected to Venus and men to Mars, we hold both strands within ourselves. They are some of the core dominant strands of this universe. And that's why you're referring to mother and father creator. Although mother and father creator or creator can exist in many different forms, like every form that is pure to this universe and belongs here, they most frequently express themselves to us right now. And as we are learning them through this masculine and feminine form and how that happens is changing and it is meant to. So while we're certainly going to be able to hold on to things like calling ourselves men and women, the scope of what being either of those things means is changing and how to live that as an energy is changing. This is a time, this whole node, where we are going to be bringing together inner opposites to find complementarity within ourselves first, but also in terms of how we relate to other people who hold this energy that we deal with in our day-to-day life. If you're in a partnership, this is a moment or season to balance the needs and responsibilities of one another. So women and that people that live on that more pronounced feminine energy spectrum, you may feel yourself inclined to nag. I gave a masculine example. Let's give a feminine example. You might feel inclined to nag or to complain about your partner, either to them or other people, or you might find yourself just getting unreasonably irritated about something that they do, probably a mess-related thing that you have to clean up. <laughs> if you see, you feel yourself about to go into that headspace where you're just putting negative energy out there that solves nothing, which is part of the harder harmonic Venus energy, the wounded Venus energy. Why are they doing this? Why are they making this mess? How can they do this or that other thing? What you're able to do is simply catch yourself doing it and then say, whoop, no, no, I'm, I'm not going to talk to my partner that way. I'm not going to represent that form of energy. And you slow down, you think about it for a minute. If you still have something to say to them after you've called, cooled your jets, find a more pleasant way to say it. And then guess what? All of a sudden, you are blueprinting and making a pathway for a more positive, complementarity relationship between yourself and your partner. And isn't that an objective that a lot of us have? If you are not in a partnership and you desire to be, that is okay. This is an excellent time where you're going to be able to define yourself as a person who attracts what they are ready for as opposed to draws in what they were repelled by because they're scared or scarred. This is one of the big lessons that I had to learn in my life, so I will probably talk about it more. Follow and like this podcast. Give me a comment if you'd like to hear more about it. I will do more if this is a topic people are interested in because I had to learn a lot of lessons about feelings of abandonment, 
and attracting wounded people because I was a healer, which many of you out there are, and just not knowing my worth and taking on really bad partners before I was able to get into a good place. And it took 35 years. I also know that there's a whole lot of people here who are just very unique people. And when you are what feels like a person that is standing in a field alone, the idea that you're ever going to meet somebody can feel really scary and defeating and feeling that scariness and that loneliness and that defeat is a major thing that pushes them away from actually being able to find you. I know that it can be really hard. And just a little personal share, when I met my husband, we were not even living in the same country. He found me while I was doing this on the internet. And one of the best pieces of advice that I can give that was given to me and that is pretty cliche and routine, but actually works is that the more that you do what you love, the more that you find joy in yourself and acceptance in yourself and healing the masculine and feminine parts of yourself within yourself, the more that you were able to attract the people that are going to be on that higher harmonic frequency for you, the less that you bring in people that are going to teach you lessons that are hard and that you are dealt through pain it is possible to have positive relationship experiences where you learn a lot. And if you're interested in it, plant a ceremony and call forth a high harmonic romantic partner. It works. That is also something that my husband and I did. And we didn't even know what we were in tandem on the road doing it at the exact same time, which is maybe a story I'll tell. Enough about me. Back to the planets. Pluto is still very much in play all season long. And I want to just be upfront about that. We're going to be able to receive these gifts in a high harmonic or a harder heart one. It really depends on who we are and how we're relating to Pluto and the other planets. One of the things you will recall that was a big deal around here and to all astrology nerds is that Aquari Pluto moved into Aquarius on March 23rd. So that was the first dip of Pluto into Aquarius. And it's going to stay there until June 11th. This is a big, important celebration moment because... When we were dealing with Pluto and Capricorn, we were dealing with really some of the hardest lessons that came through the planet Saturn as it expresses through Capricorn. Capricorn is ruled by Saturn. And so Saturn as a planet itself has been on a major healing journey since 2020. So you might recall when we talked about the Saturn square Uranus a lot during 2021, that was as much about healing the wounds of Saturn as a planet as it was about healing our connections to it. And so... One of the things that I do that I don't talk about as much is work on the ceremonies to heal the, the planets. And in a nutshell, what was happening is that Saturn, the planet, got attacked and it started being used by a nefarious entity that would basically exert its influence on humanity when Saturn would pass through the alignments and pass through the charts. And there was also a group of people that were doing um, Saturn ceremony, in fact, a whole lot of them. And they invoked this energy to become quite powerful on Earth. Um, and I will talk about that in just a second again. As Pluto turns... So anyway, actually, I'll continue it on. So what we were doing really in large part during those years was closing the doors on how that energy was hurting Saturn and also thus how it was hurting people on the planet. But that job is still ongoing. So as Pluto turns retrograde and moves back into Capricorn on June 11th, same day, the poetry of the universe. It's going to be there until January 2024. It is possible that we will see some of those hard harmonic Saturn lessons come up again. And I really hope not, but 
this is how it's been working. There may be unreasonable attempts to call freedom. There may be lash outs or flare ups of regimes that are creating, creating, um, trying to create discord between citizens. You know, um, that really polarizing discourse that just seems to come out of nowhere and that never ends and that is always about a different topic. That is an energy that is associated with the lower harmonic vibration of Saturn and it's a control technique. If we are kept arguing and if we are kept on polar opposites that don't even really reflect what the truth of humanity is in any situation, we never move forward. We stay in the rut, we stay easily controlled, and we stay susceptible to these mechanisms by those who are operating them. And so that's just is what it is. Um, one of the things that I did want to say to you also is that I am telling the story about what happened to Saturn and how we've been fixing this universe in detail on my other podcast, Psychopomp Stories. So if you're an Apple Podcast Connect fan, you get the steady stream of them as they come out every two weeks. If you're a Spotify fan or listening to me on iHeartRadio or Amazon or any of the other places I'm at, hi, thank you. I have another podcast called Psychopomp Stories. Check me out. You can find it linked here. But it's everywhere you can find this. One of the things that I think a lot of people might want to think about doing as we move through this season and following seasons is to really unplug from the harder harmonic Saturn and plug into the higher harmonic Saturn. If you recall at an earlier part of this report, I did a little bit of a conversation about why that would be useful. And so this would be one of those opportunities to apply that. If you are a student of mine, get in the energy pillar and just say, I call forth and connect to the highest harmonic expression of Saturn energy. I release any and all connections to the lower harmonic Saturn energy now. If you want to see that written down, it's in the written astrology report that you can find at my blog website, crowmedicine.com, or just rewind and write it out. It is powerful and it works. This is a great way to make sure that you are not able to be touched in such a negative way when the planet comes up and that harsh energy may or may not show its face. I'm not saying that you may not be aware of it and that it may not try to bother you, but I will say that you will be less easily pulled into its influence and more easily and readily available to identify it and just deflect it. It is what it is, and we are still healing it. Another big Pluto note. Pluto is going to be square true node three times in a matter of five days at the end of July. So this is very rare, and this is something that we are going to feel and notice. I will probably have a special on it. Come back for more then. The final of my note that I have, uh, and this is an important one, another topic that people often turn away from, but if you've made it this far through everything else I said, you're going to listen to this. Congratulations, by the way. This is a long one and a lot of information. We're going to experience justice to the energy strands and esoteric knowledge revival and appreciation via Libra, Pallas, and Ceres. This is very exciting. And why it is exciting is because Libra is the south node. Um, being there means that we will be experiencing the scales of justice through the karmic story for the next year and a half. Libra is the scales of justice. Pallas is also about justice. So Pallas and Mars enter Virgo on July 10th. Virgo represents the um, Persephone or the maiden, the virgin maiden. And that is one of the distorted expectations or representations of the feminine energy spectrum that exists in this world and that some of us actually live in our real lives. And so we are getting an opportunity to rework the abuse that the spiritual feminine bodied energy holders have incurred. It's just something that is real and something that we had happen. Ceres is moving into Libra on the solstice, which means that we will be getting an extra highlight of these lessons. So that starts on June 21st. I mentioned it earlier. 
Series represents transitions like the harvest, mothering, and family relationships. And Series is going to be here with us as we make our transition into the node switch. Series is also going to be part of the reconfiguration that we start to experience with the Mars-Venus connections. Series is going to help us, if we let it, go into a release of the unfair expectations that are placed on caretakers and also to enter into a reworking of relationships to benefit all members of a household and a more strong reconfiguration of the contributions that come. So people are giving what they want to give, what they feel passionate about giving, what they like giving, and they're giving it in a way that is in some senses balanced. It doesn't mean that you're entering into transactional relationships, but it does mean that you are aware of the give and take of energy. You are aware of the strengths and the benefits of what another person can offer you. And in relationships, we work to bolster that and to flourish in that. And this also extends out to the community. Women and the feminine are not here to carry the problems of the world and nurture all beings at their own expense. And this is something that we've been really working through harshly in the last few years. Uh, and so all I have to say about that is if we do not nurture the caretakers and the love givers, we are failing ourselves. Women are not the only people who are caretakers and nurturers. Men do it too. So I'm saying in general, placing a priority on taking care of the people who take care of us and being grateful and appreciative to them, even if that's what we have to offer, is a really nice way to start bringing this back into balance. Oh, I do have one final note. Mercury. Mercury and communication. This is just a short one, but you will probably have noticed that the Mercury has really brought forward conversations about AI and the freedom of information, but also intellectual property. And this is something that is going to be a conversation that we're having within society. As AI rolls out, right, what it does is it crawls the internet and it takes amalgamations of information and it brings it together back to you, but you don't always know where it's coming from or even that it necessarily may have been drawn from a source. And so what that does is it separates attribution and it separates recognition of the creator in the creator process. And in some ways, it creates hollow creation. I mean, now there are people that are just having books written, scripts written, their energy alignment websites written by AI. And I'm not necessarily criticizing people, but what I am saying is that one of the important parts about art, and that includes the written word, poetry, things that you teach in a class, things that you might draw or paint, it's not just art like on a wall, is that it, it sparks humanity it's it comes from pain it comes from joy it comes from the rawness of human experience and as a creator even if our words might not be perfect even if there is not a typo i think it's really important that we continue to express our rawness because it is that that forms the strong basis of human connection that is the beauty that is art that is the beauty that is the written and spoken and all the other ways we express ideas and i just want to say that i'm excited that we're talking about it and maybe we can talk more about it here Wow, that was a lot. So up next, I'm going to just go through the planets and I'm going to tell you month by month when you might be experiencing all of these themes that I just talked about. It will be a much shorter section, I promise. These are some of the key planetary alignments that we are going to be experiencing that are marking the path as we make our through the next three months. Write them down in your calendar, and if you like a written version, you can get them as a member to my page or by visiting my blog where they are also written down. In June, on June 1st, Jupiter conjuncts True Node. True Node is always a purifying point, and so Jupiter is our big dad, cosmic father, 
creator energy and it is coming in for a kiss with the true node and this is a positive way to start things off on june 3rd we have the full moon in sagittarius and i'll tell you what this feels like a breath of fresh air on june 4th we have a conjunction of mercury and uranus uranus really represents chain breaking when uranus comes up in the charts and we've had a whole lot of it these last few years what it is really doing is giving us a fresh perspective on a planet or on a planetary energy expression if we are ready for it and so it coming into alignment with, with mercury makes me feel excited because there's still a lot to be said in terms of what's going on with the medical industry there's a lot to be said in terms of journalism and truth and there's a lot to be said with this whole ai thing so mercury you are a hot topic generator conversation starter and how how i, I guess like that makes sense so on june 5th venus enters leo Leo is really about leadership and Venus is a very important part of our leadership system of our solar system and on this planet. There is a powerful leadership quality that exists in the Venusian feminine energy strand that is complementary, but can also stand on itself to other forms of energy strands. How things have been done in the distortion is that Marsian strands and Venusian strands have almost like felt like they were at war with one another. And that has created a lot of unnecessary conflict within ourselves, but also in our relationships. And so as Venus enters Leo, just feel yourself into a positive Venus masculine transformation that we are about to start having in the next month. On June 11th, Pluto goes retrograde. And it's going to stay that way until October 10th. The same day that Pluto is retrograde is also the day that it goes back to Capricorn to wrap up its healing business until early 2024. I talked to you about that in the last segment, so we will continue right on. The next key point, June 21st, we have solstice. On solstice, the sun enters Cancer. This is also the day that Ceres moves into Libra. And it just so happens to also be a conjunction of the moon and Venus. So this is an important part of the upcoming toning into the nodal switch. This is going to be a day where we can really set the intentions to experience this nodal switch and the transformation into this fresh set of energy that we're about to make in the next cycle of the season that solstice represents um, by saying, I call forth and connect to my highest harmonic notes, which I call forth and connect to my highest embodiment potential of these energy strands or of this experience. On June 22nd, Juno moves into Cancer, Vesta moves into a pro, um, Gemini. And on June 30th, Neptune goes retrograde in Pisces. Moving on. In July, we have Mercury at superior solar conjunction and a close approach of Venus and Mars on July 1st. So this close approach of Venus and Mars is kind of like a kiss point before we have the nodal switch. And it really is the moment to me that says, here we are. This is the energy of the order of creation, which is represented by the complementarity or the uniting of the masculine and feminine strands, the mother-father strands or the Venus the Venus Mars trans in this case. And so I feel that not only is this really great day um, for our transformation into the node, it is also a really important day in our universe. On July 3rd, we have a full moon in Capricorn. Um, on July 10th, this is another important one. Pallas enters Virgo. And on the same day, Mars enters Virgo. I already talked to you about this in the last segment. This to me, 
Uh, just to say an additional note reminds me of Aries and Persephone because remember Mars and Aries are the same. Aries and Persephone and how unfair it always felt that Persephone would have to sacrifice her life and choices to go to the underworld for a certain part of each year, which I just didn't think was right. Or I guess Hades, healing of masculine and feminine forms of interaction and expectations will happen if we let it. And I think that part of Palace is allowing us to see the strengths of one another. It's allowing us to see the good that is there. And sometimes I think the distortion of the energy doesn't do that. And so allowing yourself to see truth in your relations can be a really positive thing. It doesn't always necessarily mean you're going to see something bad. It could mean that you're going to pick up on a whole lot of awesome stuff that you just haven't been quite connecting to yet. On July 11th, Mercury enters Leo. On July 17th, we have a new moon in Cancer and true node retrograde Aries. So Aries, as you know, is the Mars thing and Aries is very important for the next year and a half. And so true node kissing it retrograde is significant. You'll hear more about that in the future. On July 18th, whoa, whoa, this is big, big day. North node moves into Aries, Mars, the Ram. South node moves into Libra which is Venus in the scales of justice, and they are going to remain in that configuration until January 11th, 2025. I talked about that to you earlier. I'm going to probably do a special on the node switch. Uh, subscribe to this podcast and come back to hear it if you are so inclined. On July 19th, we have a conjunction of Moon and Mercury. And then on the 20th and 21st, we have first have a close approach in a conjunction of the Moon and Venus. And then a close approach in conjunction of the moon and Mars. So what that says is that all July, these planets are traveling fairly close to one another and are in their relationship in the sky. On the 22nd, Jupiter semi-square Neptune, which is retrograde in Pisces. And we also have Venus going retrograde. Same day, Sun enters Leo and Pluto is at op opposition. So really, July 22nd kicks off what's about to be a wild time because the next day, on July 23rd, Pluto squares true node for the first time. And Chiron, the teacher, goes retrograde. On July 25th, Pluto squares true node for the second time. <laughs> then on July 28th, Pluto squares true node the third time. And then Mercury enters Virgo that same day. So, key to the conversation that we had in the last segment. Pluto is in Capricorn for this series. If you remember, Capricorn is ruled by Saturn. And we, in the last time... When it was back, when Pluto was back in Saturn, we were experiencing some really hard stuff. And it was be in part because of the energy and entity that was being leveraged through Saturn, but isn't necessarily Saturn itself. Now that this is all happening, I really feel that we're bringing the healed energy of Saturn. I feel like we are getting the opportunity to plant that in our lives. I feel like Pluto and its connection to the true node in Saturn is significant and I encourage people to not look to this with fear, but to look to this as a time where we can close the door on the beast if it exists in our life. And if it doesn't, just unplug from the old Saturn and plug into the new one, and Pluto will help you rebirth. On July 29th, Mercury is at its highest altitude. So, August. Let's rock it out. August 1st, we have the full moon in Aquarius. On August 3rd, a conjunction of the moon and Saturn. Now, I didn't list every conjunction of the moon and Saturn, I don't think, through this. There's a lot of conjunctions that i just didn't add this time because i would be here forever and you probably will get bored uh you can read those extra ones in the members community i just wanted to say if you think you're hearing everything and i'm not saying go get the members thing i'm just saying 
if you want more in depth, do double check your conjunctions and alignments. There are more than what I'm saying here. I'm I'm selecting ones here <laughs> and ones that I thought were appropriate with the story I'm telling. Just wanted to be transparent there, and I don't want to incur. I don't want to be part of people missing something that might be personally important to them because we all have our specific relationships to each alignment. Yeah. So up next that I want to talk about, we have Neptune. Um. So on August 8th, close approach in conjunction of Moon and Jupiter. On the 9th, Mercury's at dichotomy. Um, and then on the 13th, Venus is at inferior solar conjunction. None of these are big, huge deals, but we're going to be in the aftermath of the Jupiter-Neptune thing. Or sorry, of the, yeah, the Jupiter semi-square Neptune and the Pluto square true node thing. And it's going to kick back up. On August 15th, Neptune is semi-sextile true node. So more healing of the Neptune energy. Um, Saturn semi-square Chiron is also that day and Juno goes into Leo. So August 15th will be interesting. <laughs> so interesting. I might do another little special on it. On the 16th, the new moon is in Leo. On the 17th, we have a conjunction and close approach of moon and Mars and a conjunction of the moon and Mercury. So that really represents to me a communication and that masculine frame of energy spectrum, communication and directness, communication and being effective. On August 23rd, Mercury goes retrograde. And on August 27th, Mars enters Libra. And Saturn is that opposition. And to me, that represents yet another powerful healing day for reconnecting to a more positive Saturn experience. As we begin wrapping up this report, what I really wanted to say is that the healing in the universe is going well as the order of creation unfolds. These last few years, my friends, have been the most difficult we'll probably ever face. And I know that some people have felt weary. I know that a lot of people have met their inner limits and their walls. And I know that a lot of people may still be feeling them right now. Please give yourself the opportunity to believe that there is a life beyond this and start doing whatever it is that you are able to do to quiet the negative thoughts. Or if you're feeling great, to continue grounding the great work that you are doing. We're all equal no matter where we are at on that spectrum of how we feel and relate right now. Even somebody like a master feels terrible sometimes. And there is nothing wrong with that. There's no shame there. That just means that we need to do a little bit of a reevaluation about the life that we're living. The relationships that we're having. And what impact that's having on us. This is part of life, my friends. I wanted to personally thank each and every person who has come to this podcast and who has listened to it all the way to the end. Thank you. I appreciate you. I also wanted to say thank you to the lovely people who have sent in support for this podcast, my website, and all of the public teachings that I put out. It means a lot to me. If you want to contribute to that, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com slash Katie. I'll link it right here. No problem. I will be back with more podcasts this season, and I am excited to express a new wave of energy and information to you that I was able to get a hold of while I was taking that little time being quiet. I've been doing all kinds of research, and I have been doing all kinds of writing, and having had that little rest from talking, I feel like I am renewed and reinvigorated and able to be excited again. So this, my friends, is officially also the very first installment of the fourth season. I look forward to delivering some good information 
and hopefully having some fun with you in real life as we get going. Don't forget to check out Earthflow. It is a great opportunity. More from me soon and sincerely wishing you a powerful season. Your friend, Katie Indy Crow.